Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, full disclosure on The Extra Point Show today. I want everybody to be aware for all week as we go forward here, I have instructed... My great producer here, our great producer, I say me because it's me today, Joe is off. Our great producer here today, Josh Schmidt, to play Christmas music in bumps this week. I'm a big Christmas music fan. I love Christmas music. I, like this time of year, I'll be driving around and just like, okay, what do I want to listen to? I listen to my music on my, my phone and you know, put Apple Music on or whatever and I got my playlists. But this time of year, I'm like, oh yeah, Christmas music. And I know like radio stations play Christmas music all the time. I can just pick and choose, obviously, but I'm good with it. So Josh, that's he's been instructed. Now it doesn't have to be every single break, but Oh, it's gonna be Josh is going to you're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of Christmas music. So you're okay with that, right, Josh? You're good? Oh yeah, I'm a huge Christmas music guy. Like I started listening to it, you know, on and off around the beginning of November and then um you know, I ramped it up more as Christmas has gotten closer. I mean, how can you not like Christmas music, right? I mean, it's the time of year. It's all, it's all, it's it's cheery. It's about being together and you know, family and friends. And how about today? You got the snow on the ground. Wake up today. I we knew last night we we're gonna get some snow. There was a winter weather advisory. It's supposed to be some big winds. I didn't hear the wind as much or feel it. Maybe it's been out there. Woke up this morning. I said, oh, it's supposed to snow. Looked out. It's some pretty good snow out there today. It was the, that good, like fluffy stuff you can pack. And we've missed it a little bit. I don't need it to be all the time, but this is like going to be the only snow until Christmas, I believe. So enjoy it while it lasts here over this day, I guess, Josh. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a huge uh, snow guy. I've said it on the station before that I'm my favorite season is winter. Um, I know that's probably not everyone's favorite answer, but that's my number one if I had to rank all four of them. And uh, it's mainly because of like days like this where it's just you look outside and it's like, man, this just looks like a Christmas movie. It looks like a snow globe out there. And I don't know. It's just nice too, because Christmas is less than a week away. And I don't think the snow is going to stick around for it, but you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but we'll see. I, I, I hope we get some more though, before Christmas, like it's not Christmas without snow. 
No, I, I agree with that. I don't think we're going to based on the, what I've looked at, and I see it could be back in the mid-40s. I mean, I'm not going to complain about really nice weather in December. I will tell you, when the NFL schedule came out, and I, and I saw December in L.A., January in Miami, I was pretty jacked. And I'm like, all right, yep, you got one, like, really, you got two late games in Buffalo, you got Dallas, and then you got New England. And the Dallas game turned out to be, you know, good weather. It actually, it didn't really even rain to the fourth quarter. It wasn't the nicest. It was obviously wet. It didn't even rain to the fourth quarter. It was a balmy day. And now I'm thinking, all right, here we go. L.A. this weekend. I mean, we're all there for a night and a, a day before the game, right? The day of the game for a little while. Um, but, you know, in the stadium, is Dome Stadium be a little bit warmer? I did see the high in L.A. this weekend is only like 64 and rainy. So it's not going to be like the warmest day in L.A., but it's still L.A. And it's still going to be, you know, decent weather compared to, you know, being cold. And then Miami in a couple weeks. I- I'm down with that. So I'm excited for that. Excited to get a couple of warm weather games here and co- excited to get the Bills on a um, on a clean track, if you will, against, um, you know, the Chargers in the Dome. And then we'll see what happens against Miami in a couple of weeks. Obviously, they have New England sandwiched in between there. Um, but I'm excited for that, too. Sal Capaccio with you. It's the Extra Point Show today. Joe is off. So you, normally you get Joe on a Tuesday. So if you're normally, if you're, if you're tuning in now because you're like, boy, I don't like that Sal guy, but I really like that Joe guy. And it's a Tuesday. So that's why I tune in. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But it is just me here today. In the meantime, uh, we have plenty we can talk about and get to. We're going to have Paul Hamilton at the bottom of the hour. Um, Sabres are in action tonight. We just heard Don Granado on with Jeremy a little bit earlier this morning. I'll get to some of his comments and discuss them with Paul. But the Sabres take on the Columbus Blue Jackets downtown at the arena tonight. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop. It'll be a 6 o'clock pregame here on WGR and along the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Of course, we'll have the game for you here. And then we're going to have John Scott, our buddy from Spectrum News 1, at 11.05, right at the 11 o'clock hour, just about an hour from now. And listen, we haven't talked to John in a while, and I want to get his thoughts on kind of what's transpired here over the last few weeks. The offensive coordinator change, the way the defense has played, uh, playing against the Dallas Cowboys um, in, in that game. And I also have to, I, I told John, I'm going to do this. He's not the biggest Kyle McCord fan. Now, Kyle McCord is the quarterback that was at Ohio State. John's a really big Ohio State fan, and he just announced his commitment to transfer to Syracuse. So I, I want to get his thoughts. And the reason why is because that's a really big get, right? So Syracuse gets Kyle McCord. John is a big Ohio State fan. So if you're a Syracuse fan or just a college football fan and you want to get a little bit of a intel on that, plus he gets to watch you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. up close and personal you know, when he dial, dials into those Ohio State games. So John's going to join me at 11.05. A lot of, everything's always on the table with John, uh, but that's not until after Paul Hamilton at 10.30. So before I get to phone calls here, and again, 8.03, 0550. I last night I I don't know this is so Joe I'll, I guess I'll do what Joe normally does so Joe he talks more about fantasy football than I do but we we love talking about it and he does you know he has the fantasy football um what starts and sits every week that he gets to I don't I, I mention it once in a while but I got to tell you about last night just because I think a lot of people were in probably the same kind of situation your playoffs quarterfinals semifinals wherever you are so last night Josh. I went into the game, the Monday night game. I needed 29 points from Kenneth Walker and A.J. Brown to keep my season alive. I had a really good season, but the, the opponent I was playing had a really nice week. He started off the week with the Raiders defense at 18 points. Right? Like, come on, what are we doing here? Right? I thought I was done. I was cooked. Then he had Amon St. Brown. My percentage of winning was like, 
I think, 20-something percent after he had the Raiders defense with 18. I'm on Ross St. Brown at uh, 24. So I go into last night. I needed 29 points from Kenneth Walker and A.J. Brown. I got 30.6. 8. 30.8. Wow. I won by a point. Yeah, I won one. The, the, you know, the scoring's always different how you do the scoring. But our my final score, 121.64. 119.86. Survive in advance, baby. I uh, I left, oh man, Jordan Addison on the bench this week. And he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards received. Oh, yeah. And I, But I played Devontae Smith. So I'm kind of kicking myself right now. But it's week one of a two-week playoff matchup for me. So okay. hopefully, right. I, uh, hopefully I can turn around. Jason Kelsey kind of messed things up for me when he tripped DeAndre Swift last night, though. So that wasn't very cool of him. Well, in our other in our other game, it was me and my game, and then another game, and that game ended one forty two to one forty one. And the wow. guy who had one forty one and lost had Jalen Hurts only needed two more two points in the fourth quarter and couldn't get it. Really, and That's... then Hurts threw an interception. Oh right, yeah, because yeah, the end of the game yep. he just kind of fell apart. That's so crazy. I'm watching the other game, like okay, he's the the guy with Hurts is going to win this. All he needed was two more points from Hurts. Like it might have been with ten minutes left, and he did not get two points from Hurts, and he lost. Man, the Eagles are just you know letting everybody down. Not their own, not just their own fans, but their fantasy fans as well. I mean, man, I got two of them on my team. I got Smith and uh, Swift, and it's just you know painful. But it's kind of funny. Well, the reason kind I, of funny to see them fall apart like this. Yeah, and obviously, like, and and this morning I'm reading people that want you know Nick Sirianni fired, and I'm like, it's crazy the the overreaction that happens after games. And I get like. Not the way it went, but it's you know it's pro sports, it's football, and those things are going to happen. They did blow the game late. Matt Patricia, defensive call, uh, play caller now, and a lot of people are really upset at him as well and how he defended those last uh, few plays that wind up a touchdown with Jackson Smith and Jigba with like 30-something seconds left. But one of the reasons I bring it up, I'm rarely like this, and I don't know how you are, Josh, but I'm rarely like this. But last night I was. I go into the fourth quarter needing like six points from Walker and Brown. And I'm like, I got to get this, right? It's six points. I need it's something like that. I need six points. So every time, the I wanted the Seahawks to have the ball because then Walker could touch it every play. And if Brown, if the Eagles had the ball, that's fine. But you got to throw it now to Brown. Every time Walker's on the field, I'm like, give it to him, give it to him. He touches it, go, go. I mean, I'm not normally like that watching football and fantasy football. I just let the thing play out. I was into it last night, and then all of a sudden, it, to to win the game for me, AJ Brown catches a pass and gets like 15 yards, and I'm like, that's it, ball game. And, and I. I felt kind of weird because that's not normally me doing that. Yeah, but it's playoffs. Like it's a different feeling. I know. You know, like it, it it's it means more. It's uh, you got to get does. the players fired up. <laughs> I love it. If you look anyway, at Philly, so, though, it's kind of yeah, interesting. Ahead. Like if you look at yeah. Philly, back to week eight, and you know, obviously a bunch of what ifs, but we've talked a lot about Bills one score games this year. Philly won has won had a lot of close one score games since week eight. They beat Washington 38 to 31. They beat Dallas 28 to 23. They beat Kansas City 21 17. And obviously they beat the Bills in overtime. And then they lose three in a row. So, like, they're kind of lucky that they're only looking at a three game losing streak here. Like, it probably should be a lot more, or at least a few more win- or a few more losses there. I mean, I don't know. I-, I can't vividly remember all those games, but I know, like, the Kansas City one and the Buffalo one very easily could have been losses. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's. It just goes to the overall big picture of the NFL, Josh, which is the the margin is so thin. The margin for error is so thin. Think about the Vikings-Bengals game last Saturday. The Vikings, third and one and fourth and one in overtime. 
they get stopped. Or at the end of reg- whenever it was, regulation, I think it might have been overtime. But they get stopped. If they make one, they just get a yard. They win the game. If they get a yard, they win the game. And instead, the Bengals get it, and they score, and they win the game. And and that's the that's the margin of error in all these games. Think about the Bills and the Eagles. 59-yard field goal in the rain. It was curving right. If it curves right just five yards earlier, the Bills beat the Eagles. I mean, that's the razor-thin margin in this league. If the Bills have 11 guys in the field and don't screw up the situation against the Denver Broncos as poorly as they played that night, they win the game. And, you know, maybe maybe it's the domino effect and Ken Dorsey's still the offensive coordinator. People have said that. I don't know. Don't know what could have happened since then, probably, at least for another week. But that's what happens in this league. And now this week, you got a lot of really important games. And injuries are going to really matter this week as well. Starting off on Saturday, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be without Jamar Chase. How about Saturday? Saturday's a big, big game, big day for the Bills. And there's only there's only two games on Saturday, but both have major, major implications. Obviously, the Bills have their own game, which is major implications. They're at the Chargers. We'll talk about that here. Coming up in a minute, Bills at the Chargers Saturday night, 8 o'clock. But before that, Bengals at Steelers. Eight and six Bengals, seven and seven Steelers, and Jeremy, I think Jeremy called it gross to say that Bills fans, you got to root for the Steelers this week. And it's true. You got to root for the Steelers. But to be honest with you, Josh, I give the Steelers a chance. I think the Steelers can beat the Bengals. They're at home. And you never know with the Mike Tomlin defense. They are going against Jake Browning. Now, on a, in a regular situation, I'd say, okay, probably Bengals are better. They're going to win. Well, guess what? Bengals are without Jamar Chase now. Jamar Chase out. According to um, the NFL insiders and Ian Rappaport, I think, tweeted it out first yesterday. Not only this week, it could be longer term than that. I mean, this is a big deal for the Bengals. The Bengals, you know, their season, the way they end, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. You know, if you're thinking about the Bengals and trying to catch them, I mean, I think as long as the Bills take care of business the next couple weeks, the Bengals are losing at least one of those games. They could lose two. They could lose three. That's one of the teams in their way. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today on the Extra Point Show as we go forward. This thing isn't done yet. The Bills are looking good, and they have a couple of, you know, right now they're playing better, and they have a couple of very winnable games coming up, but they have not gotten a lot of help lately. And this thing is not wrapped up. There is a scenario. It's a very, it's, it's, it's a rare outlying scenario. It would have to be like 15 games or something like that that would have to fall. But it is an actual scenario where they could win out and still miss the playoffs. That's the situation they put themselves in because of their conference record and already having five losses in the con- in the conference. I mean, the Bills in the AFC are four and five, and that's that's killing them in the tiebreaker scenario. We all know that. But right now, like, even though I, I love the way they've played, I love what's in front of them here with the Chargers and, and um, Easton Stick or who's going to be Will Greer, who's going to be playing quarterback, and then the Patriots and Bailey Zappi. Like, I love that setup, but you still got to have things go your way around you. And that's because they'd put themselves in this position. And that that's a really big one. Steelers, Bengals. And we're going to talk more about the rest of them, too, as we go forward. 803-0550, Sal Capaccio with you on WGR on the Extra Point Show. Marty in Cheektawaga is going to start us off as we get connected with our fans. Go ahead, Marty. Yes, Sal, you do a great job at WGR. And I, I only waited five minutes. That's amazing. I've noticed a problem on the Buffalo Bills team involving Sean McDermott, and James Cook. If you remember the beginning of the year, in the first play, he fumbled. And it wasn't an egregious fumble. The guy got mugged on the sideline. They ripped it out of his hands. And what does McDermott do? You mean in the, the Denver game, right? The Monday night game. Pulls him out of the game. Yep. He's a great player. So, this past Sunday, 
Yeah, it's an unbelievable game. I was amazed. <clears throat> he drops that pass. Could have been a touchdown. He comes off the sideline, and McDermott gets right in his face. I don't know what was said, but to me, at the end of the game, Sean McDermott turns and gives Josh Allen the game ball. I said, Wait a minute, Marty. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't, I've seen this clip going around on social media. Maybe you're referring to that because some troll Dolphins fan made the same point. Boy, James Cook has this great game, and Josh Allen gets the game ball. You do know there are multiple game balls given out, and Josh Allen broke an NFL record, right? Okay. That's what I did know. I just wanted to make sure that I wanted to make sure that Sean McDermott was watching the same game I was yeah. watching. So- Marty, Marty, I mean, I, I will I will totally be with you on I think Sean has a quick hook sometimes too much on younger players when they make a mistake like that. You know, I mean, you fumble the ball, you come out and you know, too quick of a hook. And a few weeks ago after that game, Marty, I asked him on this show when he comes on the radio with us on Fridays, yeah. I asked him about that and you know what goes into that and he basically said, you know, um, it's about, you know, trust and younger players you make a mistake and an older player happens. And I, I don't exactly remember the, the exact quote he gave, but it was about that. And I agree with you. I don't think he should have that quick of a hook. A guy like James Cook, you know, later in the career, later in his career, maybe next year that doesn't happen. But even now you need him. But on this whole thing about game ball. No, no, I don't know who got game balls, who didn't specifically. I do know this, though. Josh Allen broke an NFL record, and there are multiple game balls given out. And the video you might have watched to get you to this point was Josh right. Allen getting a game ball for the record. Right. Okay. I, that's what I didn't understand. But I just felt like James Cook probably should have been recognized a little bit more in the locker room well, he, or whatever. Maybe he was. He probably was, but you didn't see it. <laughs> right. We just didn't see it. All right. I just wanted to clear that up because I kind of felt like, man, what, what game is he watching? Well, you came, in, you came in hot and heavy and guns a-blazing. You good about it now? Are you all right? Fine. All right. All right. I agree with you, though, Marty. I don't think he should be taken out that quickly. I mean, I think that hurt them in the Denver game to take him out. He did have another fumble later, but, you know, I I just, you know, your best players are your best players, and sometimes you things like that happen. I wouldn't I, – I don't like seeing that as much either. So I, I, I agree with you on that He the point. same measuring stick for other players too, not just for James Cook. Well, like I said, and, and he, he explains it by younger players and trusting and – and we can debate that. And again, I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? So I'd like to see that. But, you know, glad to clear that up for you, buddy. All right. Thanks, Sal. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Happy holidays to you. Uh, all right. Let's go to Carl in Connecticut. And by the way, Carl in Connecticut is also getting connected with our fans. That's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Go ahead, Carl. Well, do I get a discount for a Kia car? Since you know what? You, know, you can go over there and talk to him. Maybe you do. Go to Northtown Kia, buddy. It's all good. I couldn't help myself. Um, anyway, I've noticed the last few games, they never were really good in the screen passes. They're killing it. The blocking, the way they're pulling the guards and the tackles, Dawkins is a beast lately. And uh, again, it's allowing, obviously, Cook to, to roll here. Um, and it was a well-worth ride. I know I spoke to you before. I was driving up last week from Connecticut. Um and uh, I went to the Dolphins game where they rolled the Dolphins, too. Now I feel like i got to go to every game. But in any event, um, small world. Um, I have season tickets with a friend um, named Bart. I guess the, your two boys play hockey. Bart Roberts play hockey together or baseball? I'm not sure. Um, but he mentioned that uh, 
he's met you and he said you're a really nice guy and I was close. I try to be. I try to be, Carl, for sure. Yeah. Um, you are. Yeah, listen, anyway. on your on your point, thank you for that. And on your point about you know pulling, it's been a really – Yeah, I think Deion Dawkins has had a, a really good year. I think he's had one of his best years yeah. as a pro. Josh said he thinks he's had his best year as a pro. And that's his quarterback talking. But just from my observation, you know, Deion pulling from left to right has been great this year. They run a lot of that, yeah. a little bit more of that than we've seen in the past. And I think they've done a really good job. This This offensive line is much more athletic, I think, than they get credit for. And I think that's what you see in Spencer Brown's polls too sometimes. And he's a really athletic guy for his size. And I just think it's a really, you know, the, the way they can do different things like that just gives them so many options, you know, in the run game. Yeah. And, and one more thing in closing. Yeah. Like, the defense, I mean, I, you know, people want to, you know, come down on, on McDermott. And right now it's all good for the most part. What he's done with an injured riddle defense since they started getting injured and, and the offense was lagging, but now they've come around and the defense is still – Pulling their weight, if not doing better. So my hat's off to him and uh, everybody stepping up, man. It's just mind-boggling. Uh, yeah, you got it, Carl. Thanks for the call, man. Have a good holiday again, and uh, I'll be in touch. <laughs> okay, Carl. Thank you for um, for the call. You too, and glad. Hope you stayed dry during the game. It wasn't that bad on um, on Sunday? Like I said, you know, it was actually like pretty dry most of the game. It was wet beforehand, and then it got started raining like in the fourth quarter, but pretty dry most of the game. Let's go to Harry up in Can- up in Canada. Hi, Harry. Hi, Harry. Hey, good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas from uh, the Great White North, uh, south of you. You got it, buddy. You too. Hey, uh, quick. Two quick things I wanted to talk about. One, I'm I'm, I'm getting. It's been a couple of games now that I've, I've been worried about Josh when he does run. He's been doing this fake pass thing. Uh, and, and the ball is just out there. And, and, and last game, we, he could have actually had a touchdown where he ended up not making it. But that's terrifying me as the, as the, as the weather gets colder. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. Um, and then the second point was really, I, you know, noticing this, watching this game this past week, it reminded me of uh, us playing KC a few years ago when they ran the heck out of the ball and uh, and beat us that way. So I love that we now have that as one of our threats. Um, and that's just going to make you know the Bills and, and and even Josh more of a of a threat as we go f- forward. Are so, you talking about? I think you're talking about the uh, Clyde edwards alaire game with no fans in the COVID year, and the Bills correct. said we're just not going to let you throw. And Clyde edwards alaire had like 220 yards rushing. Correct. I mean that, that's what I, I think. It's almost like yep. what I think. I Dallas thought about it too. Tried to do. Yep. Yeah. Almost like yep. what Dallas tried to do against us, and now we have that threat. So um, no one's ever done that to them since. You, you've noticed that with with KC, they don't really run for 220 yards very often. So, right. So uh, so I think it's just a, it's a nice um, you know an, an, another thing that teams going to have to really you know work and 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 try to practice against our our, our threat of running like that. So I think yeah, the difference the, the difference between the two, Harry, is. Um, that wasn't what the Bills normally did. They were good against the pass, but they just basically said, we're going to play dime. They didn't normally do that. They played a lot of dime. This is what Dallas does, though. Dallas plays a lot of dime, and that's their normal defense. And the Bills said, we're just going to attack you because of it. You watch, Harry. I'm going to tell you something right now. This is my prediction. You watch. I think Dallas plays a much better game against Miami because that defense is more conducive to stopping that type of offense than what the Bills can do. You know what I mean? It. It's a matchup league. Yeah, so I, I think so. And on your other point, I, I'm with you, Harry. I, I don't love watching Josh do the um, do the pump fake. He's out there. He's usually past the line of scrimmage even, and he still does a pump fake just to freeze somebody. I'm always worried the ball's going to come out of his hands. And I don't know if everybody heard on the Fox broadcast. I went back and watched after the game, and Greg Olson said on the Fox broadcast that Dan Quinn, actually the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, 
actually they spent time in practice working on the quarterback with the fake pump fake, with the pump fake, and like how much Josh Allen does that. And you're right, it terrifies me too seeing it, but sometimes it does freeze the defender, and they, they don't know. And they, Is he over the line? Is he not? Is he going to throw it? What's he going to do? So, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to live with it, you know, as part of being a uh, Josh Allen as your quarterback. But they did say that Dan Quinn actually alerted his guys. They thought about it. They practiced it. They went against it. Uh, so thanks for the call, Harry. Happy holidays to you. Let's go to Joe in Utica. Hi, Joe. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. Good morning. Appreciate you taking that call. Um, you got it. The reason, I, the reason I call is actually the, I'm curious to ask you about the tush push. But real quick before that, I'm curious if you saw Daquan Jones post on Instagram. I... Saw it very briefly. I didn't dig into it. You you can tell everybody. I believe it. it it's a hint, maybe. Right? Is that what we're we're taking from this? It does seem that way. Yeah. So I just figured I'd see if you saw that and if you had any insight on that. But um, yeah. Reason I'm calling. About, is, and wait, just to expand so everybody understands what we're talking about, Joe. He 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 posted a picture of him with a smiley face, maybe or something like that. I don't have it in front of me. So given it looks like call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The fact that Sean, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be ready. Maybe he'll be practicing. We're going to hear from Sean McDermott at 1245 PM. Joe, I'm sure that's going to be something that's going to be asked about it. Yeah. Expecting to see the practice window open for him, I guess. So, um, but yeah, push, push. Anyway, I I know he's probably sick of hearing it. Um, but, uh, I wanted to put a little bit of a different spin on this. I'm curious if you, before I elaborate on this, are, are uh, remembering it the same way I am and where the origins of the Tush Push come from, because I think it, it comes from outside of Philadelphia about three or four years ago, a team that in, they introduced it uh, as a goal line package where they would, um, they would motion a wide receiver, big body wide receiver across and then back, and then they would QB sneak it and they would push this, uh, the wide receiver would push the QB into the end zone, essentially. Do you remember this the same way I do or? Yeah, I do. Okay, so there, and you know, there's been different rules for college in the NFL over the years. Remember the um, the Bush push from USC? I do. Yeah, I don't know if I remember exactly like that. What What do you think about it overall, though? I mean, are you against it for it? 
I mean, I think uh, it's a little corny, but you got to stop it if it's legal, you know? Okay, it is. Here, here's my thought on it, Joe. I'm glad you brought it up. I actually, I, I, maybe I'm in a minority here. I don't like it. I don't think it should be a, a play in football, and here's why. It has nothing to do with a lot of the things. My, my take is different than most people on this. It's not about safety for me. I guess you could talk about that. To me, it should fall under the actual rule there is on the books of aiding the runner. Aiding the runner is when you go on the other side, you pull the runner forward. You cannot do that. I understand that. I think, to me, you're still aiding the runner. To me, the tush-push is still aiding the runner, which should be illegal because we already have a rule on you can't aid the runner, if that makes sense. Right. So... Now, what I was uh, kind of alluding to is I believe that we started this tush-push when Dable would motion Gabe Davis across and then back, and Josh would sneak in. Gabe Davis would push him in. Do you remember this? Like, I see. I see what you're saying, and I, I apologize. I didn't I didn't understand what you're saying originally. Maybe I didn't hear you correctly, but I, yeah, I, I do remember that. That happened, that happened a couple of years ago. That's right. And I feel like Philly saw that, and then they just put their own spin on it, but I swear we started the tush-push. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know how long since Philly's been doing it, but you're right. It could be. And I do remember that because the Bills did that a few times. And even then I was like, I didn't think you could do that. I didn't think that. The but first, it, exactly. The first time I saw Gabe Davis motion over and then push Josh, I said, is that legal? That's right. And there was no flag. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. I, 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 no I misheard no you originally. And I, yeah, but I, now I get what you're saying. And it could very well be that that was the origin of it. Um, but it's happened over the years at different levels. I don't love it. I think it's aiding the runner. I'd like to see it gone. But look, it's a it's a play, and if it's legal, you take advantage of it when you have a, a quarterback that squats six hundred pounds or a guy in Josh Allen who's you know six foot six three, it, you know two hundred and sixty pounds, whatever he is. Yeah, I agree, and it seems not everybody can do it. So um, yeah, but anyway, thanks. I'll hang up, Sal. I appreciate you taking the call. Happy holidays. Enjoy the snow. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Thank you, Joe. My apologies for not understanding him originally, but I get it now with the Gabe Davis thing and where it started and what he said. We'll take a time out. Excuse me. Paul Hamilton on the way here to talk about the Sabres who are in action tonight downtown against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, Paul Hamilton here on the West Her Hotline. And Paul's appearances, as always, are brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Planning for your future is about more than just money. Let Equitable be your guide. And by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Paul on the West Her Hotline. Um, Paul, I want to address something. I want to ask you and tie it into hockey here, okay? So let me just mm-hmm. go first. So we had this guy call in earlier, and there's a video going around about Josh Allen getting a game ball in the locker room. And it's made it's viral on social media because he didn't do much in the game. And James Cook had this great game. But people are like, how would you give the ball to Josh Allen? And as I explained to the caller, well, Josh broke an NFL record. He had, the, he had as of last week, the most games in one season ever with a rushing and passing touchdown in the same game. He had 10. He broke Kyler Murray's record. So he gets a game ball. But we also don't know if James Cook got a game ball. So someone tweeted at me, Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. How does Sal not know who got the game ball? Isn't that something you would need to find out? Well, the answer is they don't release that information unless we see it on video or they tell us. And there's a lot of other things that are going into my job that I'm not finding that out after the game. But, you know, hey, maybe we'll find out, Frederick. I appreciate it. But that's why. So my question to you, Paul, is um, hockey, game pucks, things like that. What do we, 
generally it's for a, a milestone, right? They don't normally do something just for a great game. It's just a, a milestone, a first goal, uh, breaking a record, things like that. How does that work in hockey? The Sabres have a saber sword when they win, and the players decide That's right. who the player of the game is, and they get the That's saber right. sword. Um, interesting, the other day when Cousins had three points, he was not one of the three stars in the game in Vegas, but uh, his teammates felt he was the player of the game, and he wound up hmm. with the saber sword. I didn't disagree with that. I mean, Levi, I think, was the number one star of the game. The stars of the game weren't wrong. I mean, I think Eichel was three, Levi was one. Middlestat maybe was two. I don't remember. And he had three points also. But um, I, I, I agreed with his teammates. I thought Cousins was very good in that game. And as you said, more than one person get game balls in football. And, you know, that's all nice and everything. But is it that big of a deal that you have to, like, make calls and get sources to find out who got the game balls? <laughs> no, I, apparently. Apparently. I mean, it's on top of our duties. And that's fine. Like, I do think in this situation, because of the awkwardness of people putting it out there, oh, look, Josh got the game ball, maybe someone can ask about it. But it's not that important to me because sometimes, Paul, honestly, like there's eight, ten people who get game balls. In fact, I'll tell you, last year, when the Jets beat the Bills in a game last year, I believe, I think this is right, Robert Sala gave everyone in the organization a game ball for beating the Buffalo Bills. Think about that for a second. Well, I've seen that before. I've seen it here in Buffalo yep. over the years. Uh, I've seen that before. And Josh Allen did, in that game, get some important first downs running the football. He also scored a touchdown running the football. And he also, when he was throwing the football, the Cowboys got a pretty good pass rush on him. And he, every time, did the right thing. Whether it was getting rid of the football or what it was, he didn't get himself in bad situations where he got sacked or threw the interception. Uh, made, I thought, very good decisions even when he did have guys in his face. So, you know, yeah, he didn't have 300 yards passing, but I thought he had a nice game. What happens? Uh, do they keep the saber sword? Is it the same sword and they just give it it's back? Like, how does one. that work? Yeah, no, it's the same one. Okay. So the, the, like Dylan Cousins got last time, so next time they win, he will present it to the player of the game, whoever that person is. All right, well, just to put a bow on it, Frederick, um, it's just something we don't get told every week. It's not public. We see maybe or hear about it, and then this thing, whole thing went viral, and someone was mad. But that's why, when you ask, like, why I wouldn't know, because none of us do. We don't really know unless someone tells us. But we could find out, so thanks for uh, asking that. Paul, Sabres against the Blue Jackets tonight. Um, let's start here. Who's starting in goal? Do we know that? Uh, Devin Levi is down in the uh, to my left, which is the starter's net, so he will be in goal. Plus, he had his own goal in practice yesterday so it seems like they're pretty comfortable into the two-man rotation now it seems like that's what we're going to see here same thing the boston bruins do with jeremy swayman and linus allmark they play every other game so uh and you know i thought lukanen played very well in arizona when he was in the net he didn't do too well when he was behind the net but when he was in the net i thought he did extremely well especially you know it took the sabers about 12 13 14 minutes to get going in that game and he made three great saves one was a breakaway right off the bat it might have been the first shift uh and he made some great saves to keep that game at zero zero uh until the sabers could find their legs and then the sabers found their legs played very well but they couldn't score and that was the difference in that game so i think we're down to looking at a two-man rotation now and paul the big news for tonight is the return of jack quinn don granado confirmed it first here on wgr 
with Jeremy in the morning. He said, yeah, we've been saving it to put on the show. I know he's kind of half joking there, but um, we got that news this morning from Don Granado directly here on WGR. Jack Quinn inserted into the lineup. Jacob Bryson goes on waivers, but let's start with Jack Quinn and what his impact can be in this lineup. Well, it is an Achilles injury, and you can equate it a little bit to Trey White. He wasn't himself when he came back from an Achilles, and I wouldn't expect Quinn to come right back and be himself. It might be next year until he's himself, uh, but, you know, that's not going to affect his shot. He has an elite shot. Um, he really was coming on last year, I thought, um, you know, at the end of the year. And so, you know, I, I still think he's going to be very useful. Yesterday, Don Granado was talking about, you know, how smart he is, and I 1,000% agree. He is a very intelligent hockey player. And a very good penalty killer, a very intelligent hockey player. And, uh, you know, so uh, definitely I, I think, you know, he's going to be useful for them. But I just don't want fans to get, well, he doesn't, he's not what he used to be. And I, I almost would expect that. This is the type of injury where that can happen. And, you know, he, he's been practicing hard. He's been taking contact for more than a couple of weeks now. You know, I, he's ready to come back. I just don't want expectations to be huge. And uh, right now he's on a line with Tyson Jost and Olafson. Tuck is back with Thompson and Benson. Tuck didn't practice yesterday. They assume he's going to be able to play today, but Granato wanted to get him through the morning skate and then talk to him, talk to doctors just to make sure that he's not going to make himself worse by playing. But Granato did talk about, you know, the Christmas break comes where they can't practice or play right after the Ranger game Saturday and then, you don't see them again till the 27th. So he goes, that's going to be a good time off for him where he can just rest the injury and try to get healthy. So it's even though Tuck is out there, it's not guaranteed that he's going to be in the lineup. But, uh, you know, they'll talk to him about it. Granado made a, a good point about <clears throat> the ripple effect in the lineup and how well Cousins and Paterka played with Quinn last year. Do you think that maybe this could be something that could get those guys? Well, I guess Cousins going. Paterka doesn't need to get going. He's been really good this year, but Cousins still needs to. And Cousins had a, a he's had a nice uh, little bounce back here, I guess. But you know, what can this do for Dylan Cousins getting Jack Quinn back with him? Oh, definitely. And I I, I think this is the right thing to do with Jack Quinn. I wouldn't just pop him right back into the top six when he hasn't played all year. So I think this is the right thing for him to do to just get into the lineup get on a line, and then once he gets going a little bit, uh, you know, pop, put him into the top six however you want to do it right now would probably be what you what you just talked about. Instead of Casey Middlestaff playing with Cousins and Paterka, then Quinn would take over and play on that line, and Casey Middlestaff would have to go to another line. Um, for Except for the one game in Vegas, Casey Middlestaff has struggled a lot lately. What other than numbers could have gone into the decision of Jacob Bryson being the odd man out? Or is that just a simple numbers game and he's just the last guy there? It is. He's only played three games this year. They they don't play him. And Ryan Johnson has moved past him in the depth chart. So they've got yep. 7D that have passed him. He is now the number eight defenseman. And they needed a roster spot to Quinn. They didn't necessarily need it today. Um, you know, I didn't see Murray in the line rushes. I'm up top here talking to you. Quite honestly, I don't even know if he's on the ice. I can't tell because they don't have numbers on. They just have jerseys on. So I, 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 a quick look down there, I don't see him. But that doesn't mean anything. As I said, I'm up top here, and, and he could be down there. So, But I, I do know when I was taking down the line rushes, he wasn't part of that. 
So, uh, but that's why. I mean, he's just not playing. He didn't have a great year last year, you know, and, you know, it's it was just a numbers game. And as I said, he's number eight in the depth chart now. How does this work with him? He'll clear if he clears waivers, he, he can go back to Rochester, right? Yeah, yep. If he clears, he goes back to Rochester. If he doesn't, um, he goes to that team. And if that team were to try to send him to the minors, the Sabers could reclaim him, and then they could send him down to the minors for free. They wouldn't have to rewave him and uh, you know r- risk losing him again. So he would come back to the Sabers, and they would be free to send him down to Rochester without losing him. You mentioned Ryan Johnson. Um, early returns are good on his, his game, huh? I mean, he's not a really young rookie, right? He has some more experience than most rookies. But, um, you know, first time playing in the NHL, he seems to be pretty well equipped. Yeah. You know, he played four years at Minnesota, which really helped him. But he's only, you know, he came in as a 21-year-old and really impressed. I mean, I thought, and I think the Sabres thought, that he was going to need a little bit of uh, development down in Rochester. But he impressed from the word go here and played really really well and played well in training camp and then went to Rochester and played well down there and he came up here and basically has forced his way into the lineup Uh, hasn't been quite as good recently but it's been good I mean he is I'm not sitting here saying he's been bad by any means I mean he had a an unfortunate play I mean two unfortunate goals in Arizona doesn't matter if you don't score any but I mean he fanned on a shot and it gave Arizona a breakaway and that was their second goal so it was really, you know, Lucan and fans on a pass, and it winds up into an empty net. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson fanned on a shot. But he had also had an opportunity earlier in that game to get his first NHL goal as he broke free, making it a three-on-two, coming open down the slot. Uh, but uh, the, the goaltender uh, made the save on him. Paul, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Obviously the Sabres in a situation where they need to string together some wins. They need to st- start stacking wins. You play Blue Jackets tonight, very winnable game here at home. And then you got the Leafs, you got the Rangers, you got the Bruins. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough sledding here. But this team has to start stacking some wins or we could really be, you know, looking at a pretty lost season getting into mid to late January. Yeah, I mean, it's not how many points they're behind right now. If they were in ninth place and five points behind, no big deal at all. The conversation we'd be having would be totally different. And the thing is, is you've got to leapfrog six teams. To get there and that's the problem our six teams going to go into the tank for you it's the exact spot they were in at this time of the year last year but they were more points behind i believe if i remember correctly they were around nine points behind with six teams to leapfrog and they got by four of them they tied pittsburgh but pittsburgh would have won the tiebreaker if you want to say they got by by them that's fine so they either got by four or five teams but they couldn't get by the sixth and it's, it's very difficult to leapfrog that many teams. So I think the way you have to look at it is, all right, got to look at the team in front of you. Catch them first. Once you catch them, catch the next team. And, uh, yep. you know, go from there. By the way, I'm just looking at Alex Tuck. He's talking to Don Granado at center ice right now. So they're already having the conversation of how he feels out there in the morning skate. And, of course, Paul will have all that information for you at uh, pham1717 on X or Twitter, as I still call it. Paul, before I let you go, uh, the only team the Sabres are looking down at in the standings, the Ottawa Senators, they made a coaching change yesterday. Pretty disappointing season in Ottawa. Just your thoughts on you know what's gone wrong there. Yeah, we'll see if they get a lift from that. It seems like when teams make a coaching change, they get a bit of a lift from it. And we'll see if Ottawa gets a lift from it. If they do, 
all of a sudden they might wind up past the Buffalo Sabres and they might be looking at seven teams they have to leapfrog. So, you know, the Sabres have uh, their work cut out for them now. And are they out of it? No. But, uh, you know, they, they could have Ottawa climbing up their backs too. And the team tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets, aren't that far behind them either. So, uh, you know, they, you're right. They have to be, and they, I think, missed a golden opportunity to, to come back from their road trip playing two very difficult teams and another team in Arizona who is right around the playoffs in the Western Conference. They had a huge opportunity to come back 2-1-0 in that road trip. And because they couldn't score goals in a game that they did play well in, they wound up 1-2, and two, and they just can't have that right now. All right, and by the way, these two teams, the only two teams in the entire Eastern Conference that have already played 32 games. Everyone else has played less games. They played the most, the Sabres and the Blue Jackets, and they play their 33rd games against each other tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop, 6 o'clock pregame, at PHAM1717 on Twitter and at WGR550.com. Paul, we will try to catch up before the end of the week, so I'll wait to say Merry Christmas to you then, but have a great week until we talk again. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks a lot. Paul Hamilton right there on the Western Hotline. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here, and then we'll get to the top of the hour. We'll take a couple calls, and then it's John Scott from Spectrum News 1 at 11 o'clock. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm of a, well, a little bit of a slowdown here on Christmas music, but that's okay. We just love our Christmas music here, and I know I do, on WGR. Sal Capaccio with you on the Extra Point Show. See, it's my I get to call it this week. Joe's off. He's not here. You got me all week. So I get to kind of call and, and, and ask Josh about the bump music and what to play, and we're going to be playing some Christmas music. It's uh, snowing, or it snowed, I should say. There's snow on the ground here in Buffalo. How about in Texas, Clover? What's the, uh, what's the weather like there? Oh, good morning, Sal. Yeah, it's a bit chilly in the 40s. But that's, a, that's cold for us. As you know. Yeah, you know, but you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm reading, I'm reading, sorry to cut you off there. I'm reading um, nope. people online. I guess Jerry Jones said something about how the weather was a factor in the game. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like dry the whole game until the fourth quarter. A little bit of light rain here and there throughout the game, on and off. And then it pretty much was dry. So stop that, Dallas. Stop it. Oh, we are so spoiled. We're so spoiled here. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they can't deal with it. It's cold this morning. People are complaining. But, yeah, I wanted to talk about um, still about that game, and I heard you talking to Jeremy this morning about the assistant coaches. One of the weirdest things I heard last week was on the NFL Network, and they had a guy, I don't recall his name, he was a, a offensive line coach, and he was breaking down the matchup between Bill's offensive line and Dallas' defensive line, and then, you know, the defense, our defensive line versus Dallas' offensive line. And the only win he gave us on defensive line, I think he liked Ed Oliver, and on offense, whoever was matched up with, against Mozzie Smith, he liked. And then I think Mitch Morris, that was a wash. And I was, like, really surprised because, I mean, I watch every game. And then, as we saw in the game, I know Zach Martin went out. But they were just pushing them both around. So, I know you said Aaron Cromer is the offensive line coach. And who was the defensive line coach? Eric Washington. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. He's still he was he was there last year. He's assistant defensive coach, right? Or is that He's the he's the assistant head coach now, taking over with Leslie Frazier in that department. He's um a senior defensive assistant and the defensive line coach. Oh, okay. Well I just wanna say that I thought they're doing an excellent job too because yeah. they've been doing a great job all year. And then also like um Rasul Douglas and Benford, they seem to really be shutting it down. I don't know who the quarterback coach is either. Like whoever that is, is doing an excellent job too. Because they they've been shutting you know all kinds of people down, like AJ Brown and uh, Steve yeah. Lamb. Well, John Butler, John Butler is in charge of the secondary. Uh, Joe yeah. Dana, I believe, works with the safeties. But listen, uh, your your overall point is right, Clover. Which is these are people who we don't normally recognize. And you know, the last few days you've been listening, I've been really trying to bring and highlight some of these people, especially Bobby Babich at linebackers. I think he's done a great job. But I think Aaron Cromer is an outstanding line coach. And if you ever listen to Eric Wood, which I know you do, Clover, Eric Wood just, Mm -hmm. he talks very, very high of Aaron Cromer and what he can do as an offensive line coach and how he teaches and his techniques and um, things like that. So I, I, I think it's great of you to bring that out because I think these people don't get enough credit a lot of times. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up, too, because, like, you know, it's a whole system, right? And the coaches, you know, the players go out and do it. But, like, it's, and you could see the, the offensive line is not a non-issue. It's always been kind of a problem. And, you know, health-wise, too, they've been great. And then all those young guys have been taking the next step, Oliver, Epineza, and Rousseau. So, I, I think, you know, they're they're doing an excellent job. But, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate you, Sal. And uh, Merry Christmas. I don't get to talk to you again. Hope you enjoy your Christmas with the family. Thank you, Clover. It'll be great to be back in town from L.A. after the game Saturday night. Be back here by Sunday for Christmas Eve. Get back, kick back, kick back and watch some football day Sunday. Then you have Christmas Eve, and we won't be on the air here on Christmas locally. You know, you'll have programming, but WGR, of course, will be on the air, but not locally. And then we'll come back on Tuesday with uh, the morning show and the Extra Point show. In the meantime, thank you, Clover, by the way. Happy holidays to you, too, out there in Texas. John Scott, Spectrum News 1, joining me after this time out here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.